Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. We're glad to have you with you I, with us. I got to tell you, I woke up this morning and have been busy and out of sorts. And I thought today was game day initially for IU and had a little extra maybe pep in my step today. But then uh, realized that I was off a day. It's just Tuesday, the big IU Wisconsin, a big road opportunity for this team. And I tell you, I just can't believe what a win I think would do. Uh, for this team, another Big Ten win early on here in this little what I call preview of the conference. And, of course, we know how the Cole Center, how tough it's been for IU and other teams as well to play there. But what a win it would be and a big opportunity, Wisconsin in the top 25 AP poll and uh, definitely, I think, a, a challenge for this Indiana team. But uh, based on what we've seen, I expect them to be up to the challenge. We'll see if they can get the win or not, but I definitely expect a, a good game a close game from this Indiana team when they hit the road on Wednesday night. Uh, let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll have some headlines and news of the day coming up here in just a couple moments. Also, later in the hour, we've got Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's our regular guest on Tuesdays, and he's going to join us to talk IU basketball, preview the Wisconsin game, a little Big Ten basketball today with Mike as well. And then later in the hour, instead of Mike Pegram, he's got a um, Anthony Leals uh, going to be available to the media uh, later in this hour. So he's got to cover that. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com is going to join us and we'll flip the gears to IU football because, uh, as we know, lots of news here the last few days, whether it's uh, a new offensive coordinator uh, being hired, whether it's some uh, Michael Penix entering the transfer portal, a couple new players coming to IU from the, from the transfer portal. So all sorts of activity right now. And again, I've said this, I don't want to lambast IU football more than what we did uh, throughout the, this dismal season, but I, I feel like that, it, at least for myself and others that I hear from, I feel like there's more interest in talking about IU football for next season and what's going on in the transfer portal than what there was uh, near the end of the year last year. It got almost non-existent. I felt like the interest in the program as uh, the success really waned. So uh, fresh start for IU football. I think that's a good thing, but uh, lots of question marks about next season. And Matt Weaver joins us to talk about some of the news of the last few days from an IU football perspective. That's the show lineup for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget to check out Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. They offer their dinner package deals still available. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well. 
at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Okay, let's jump into uh, our news of the day. Actually, I want to start with this. A reminder, we've got high school basketball on the air Friday night, our first game of the year, and what a big one it is. New Albany at Floyd Central. Uh, I expect either a sellout or very close to a sellout uh, in that game coming up on Friday evening. We'll be on the air about 20 minutes before tip-off, so 7.05, 7.10, something like that uh, from the Highlander Gymnasium. And uh, should be a great game. New Albany had a good weekend. We, we highlighted some of the high school basketball uh, storylines from over the weekend yesterday. Floyd Central also having a, a good start to the season as well. I think expected as they get things together to be one of the better teams in the area, one of the bigger teams for sure in the area. And Jeff Sequera, the Floyd Central AD, he told me a little earlier this morning, I know some of you have inquired about tickets. Tickets are going to be on sale for the new Albany Floyd Central game starting Wednesday at Floyd Central High School in the main office from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. They'll be on sale Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Gates will open at 5 o'clock on Friday evening, according to Coach Sequera. So for those of you asking about tickets and will it be a sellout and can you get one at the door and do you need to get there early, I would suggest going up to Floyd Central just to be sure and getting your ticket uh, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And obviously, if you can't do that during the day, I would get to the uh, game early, maybe take in the JV game Friday night. You shouldn't have a problem getting a ticket at that hour. But let's hope that uh, we're back to some normalcy as far as crowds go in a big rivalry game like New Albany and Floyd Central reaches sellout capacity. If you can't make the game or you're concerned about the big crowd, uh, we'll have the call for you. Eric Wimp will join me Friday night. Uh, look forward to being on the air, bringing you some high school basketball this season. I know we've got New Albany and Floyd Central coming up this Friday. Then our next game, Silver Creek and Jeffersonville, which is another big local rivalry game as well. So we've got a couple fun ones to start our broadcast schedule here for the 21-22 high school basketball season. All right, let's get into some headlines Uh, Start with IU basketball. Mike Woodson, uh, the coaches show last night, a little bit about the loss on the road to Syracuse. Uh, Also spoke about Parker Stewart and Miller Cops' recent performances, how those guys, that Syracuse game was the first game for the Hoosiers where Stewart and Cop have both uh, clicked this season is the word that uh, uh, Coach Woodson used to describe their performances uh, then, of course, you come back against Nebraska. He talked a little bit about Miller Cop's struggle. He said, quote, I've got to keep both of them playing at a high level. He said, going into the season, I was trying to figure out who was going to make threes for us. Uh, obviously, both of those guys, Stewart and Cop, are going to be, I don't think there's any question about it, uh, the key guys from three-point land for the Hoosiers this year. They're going to have success with those guys or they're going to have failure with those guys, but those are the guys uh, that, for the most part, should be stepping out and shooting the long-range ball uh, over the uh, over the course of the season. Also, Coach Woodson uh, talked about the, uh, the win over Nebraska, and obviously, it's big on paper. It's a big win in the Big Ten Conference to start the year at home, and Nebraska's a team in the Big Ten that you've got to beat. There aren't many guaranteed winning games in the conference. That's been the case now for a number of years, but Nebraska, even though they're not at the very bottom, they're close, and it's a win you got to get. But Coach Woodson said, I thought this was interesting, quote, probably the worst start we've had since we've been a ball club, and uh, think about that. Obviously, Indiana got down early. The bench provided a big spark. Uh, he talks about Anthony Leal. He said he's been uh, trying to find ways to get him on the floor. 
Uh, and uh, so good to see him get some time the other night. And then Race Thompson, he said, quote, Race is playing at a much higher level since he's been here. He's doing things now that he's never been able to do. He said he told Race if they're going to let him handle the basketball, uh, they have to be much tighter and cleaner with their ball security. So I tell you, just listening, going through some of the notes from last night uh, from the, the Coach Woodson show, which, by the way, is generally Monday nights and aired here on the Big X, just nice to get real particulars, real insight, real details. Obviously, he's not giving anything away about this team from a scouting perspective, but he talks just very plainly and very honestly about his his roster. He also touched on turnovers and foul problems last night. He previewed the Wisconsin game. I think we'll uh, talk more. We obviously will talk more about that Wisconsin uh, contest coming up here a little bit later in the program. But also an interesting guest last night, uh, Brian Walsh, uh, who's the recruiting coordinator for the program. Uh, he joined the show. Each show, there's normally a player or two or someone else from Coach Woodson's staff that joins his hour-long show. And uh, Walsh clearly is a rising star in college basketball. It's interesting, a couple times that we've had high school coaches of recruits or potential recruits on this show uh, they've mentioned him and his connection to the players, and he hosted them uh, on campus during visits at Indiana. So clearly he plays a big role in this IU program. He may not be one of the coaches actually on the floor or on the bench, but from a recruiting perspective, he is doing a lot of work behind the scenes. He said last night on the program that uh, his goal is to be a head coach one day, and obviously that's the case for most uh, assistant coaches and support staff personnel uh, in the college basketball uh, world. But uh, definitely a uh, very interesting interview and someone that we probably don't talk as much about or any about uh, like we do a Dane Fife or Kenya Hunter. Obviously gets a lot of praise for his recruiting, his work with the big men, and uh, also Yasir Roseman, who seems to be a real recruiting uh, boost for this IU program since he's been on staff. But Brian Walsh, kind of a behind-the-scenes guy, and it was nice to see him get some spotlight uh, last night on the Mike Woodson Show, of course, hosted by the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, uh, Don Fisher. Also, a couple other notes, the Associated Press poll out yesterday, and for IU fans, I know you probably hate to hear this, but it's good for the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Purdue received 61 first-place votes, and with an 8-0 and record, they are now, for the first time ever, the number one ranked team in the Associated Press Top 25 poll when it came out yesterday. Uh, behind Purdue, Baylor, who is very good again this season, they are two, Duke is three, UCLA four, and Gonzaga is five. Scrolling down through the list, you've got to go a little deeper than normal to find your next Big Ten team. Michigan State comes in at number 19. They are 17-2. and two. A couple spots behind them, Ohio State 6-2. and two. They are at the number 21 spot. And then it's Wisconsin 7-1, and one, number 22 in the country right now. And, of course, all focus from IU fans on the Badgers as that's where Indiana will play at uh, coming up on Thursday, on Wednesday night. Let me get that right. On Wednesday night this week, another uh, Big Ten challenge on the road. This one is for this IU team. Also a note about IU women's basketball. You know they had a little slip-up in their last non-conference game, but they bounced uh, back on track in a big way last night. Uh, the 10th-ranked Indiana women won 70-40, to 40, a 30-point win 
over Penn State to open Big Ten play for the IU women. Uh, they are off and running with a great start to the year, 6-2, and two, and uh, clearly they've got some things to improve on if they're going to uh, try to make a run to the Elite Eight or the Final Four or who knows where. They've got that kind of potential, but uh, their slip-ups this year have come against really good teams in women's college basketball, but uh, they, other than that, are rolling and will be fun to watch in the Big Ten Conference this year. Also, a couple other notes to mention as we get ready for high school basketball this weekend. Obviously, lots of attention on the New Albany and Floyd Central game Friday night. We're going to continue to talk about that game throughout the week. But there are some other big games this weekend as well that I do want to mention. One of the other rivalries on Friday night, a small school rivalry uh, at Rock Creek. It'll be Christian Academy at Rock Creek, Christian Academy 101 this year. Rock Creek has the same record as well. Both of those teams for small schools, for 1A schools, they've got lots of talent, and I could see both of those groups having an opportunity to win a, a sectional at the 1A level this year in high school hoops. And also, uh, an interesting game to me on the Friday schedule is Jeffersonville at Seymour. It opens the Hoosier Hills Conference for this Jeffersonville team who's been playing without Will Loving's Watts. We don't know how long he will be out for the Red Devils. But uh, this is an interesting game because Seymour, a little different than normal, they enter the season or enter this game this weekend with a 3-1 and record. Uh, they had wins over Corden and Columbus North and also Franklin, so three, uh, three big wins there. And they lost a rival Brownstown at home on Friday night in an overtime game. They had to make some free throws in regulation to win it. They did not. The game went to overtime and then double overtime, and the Owls end up losing. But this is a, a much tougher and different and a well-coached Seymour uh, team. Kirk Manns, former Michigan State player, uh, a great high school basketball player in our state many years ago, and he's uh, he's rebuilding the Owls program and putting a real system in there. And so I, I think that's a game to watch. How does Jeff, with their talent, uh, without Will Loving's Watts, we expect perform this weekend when they go on the road to Seymour. That's one of the other games I think to watch this weekend. Also, Silver Creek two and one this year. Uh, they will take on this weekend North Harrison. That is obviously a Mid Southern Conference game. Uh, those two teams have had some real battles in recent seasons uh, early in the year as far as to kind of help get the Mid-Southern Conference standings uh, going early on. And so this uh, this year, a little different look, Silver Creek. They are still good. Brandon Northern is off to a tremendous start, but not all of the firepower that they had the last few years. And North Harrison has a very solid team again this year. So that should be a good one. I think this is really maybe the best matchups, especially from a local perspective, from a conference perspective that we've had so far this uh, season here early on in the high school basketball year, but just a couple games to pay attention to coming up this Friday night. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. As we go to break, what what in the world is going on in Louisville? Is their AD leaving? Is he going to Florida State? Is he going to stay at UofL? I know the UofL Athletics Association boards had a couple quick meetings, one yesterday, one this morning, no real action taken there, and uh, rumors that there's a, a non-compete in uh, Mr. Tyre's uh, contract. So uh, that's going to be interesting to follow. Louisville's always in the storylines and not always uh, for great things when it comes to the college sports and their athletic program. This is a real interesting situation, uh, really a public situation, to see if their AD stays or leaves or departs for Florida State. Going to be interesting to find out 
what happens there. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU hoops and talk Wisconsin with Mike Schumann, that big game coming up for the Hoosiers tomorrow night. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of thedailyhoosier.com and at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter is my guest in this segment on Tuesdays, and we're talking some IU basketball today. Mike, a lot of discussion about the schedule so far. Obviously, the Syracuse game was fun. It was a challenge. It was a big road game, uh, even though it was a double overtime loss for the Hoosiers. But uh, tomorrow night in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Kohl Center, a Big Ten game, IU with already one Big Ten win here in this early part of the schedule under their belt. Uh, this, by far, the biggest game, biggest situation, and potentially the most meaningful moment of Mike Woodson's time, I think, as the Hoosiers hit the road tomorrow night. Yeah, n- no doubt. It, it absolutely is. I mean, losing on the road to Syracuse is one thing, but but now you're into the, the Big Ten road slate. And you're trying to do something that that no Indiana coach has done since 1998, which is just insane to think about. But that's to to go into Madison and pull out a win. And I was just going through some of the history there. It's, it's really nuts. I mean, Woodson was only 39 years old the last time IU won there. Dane Fife was still in high school. Um, it's a it's an overall 18 game losing streak that's nearly at 24 years. Uh, and, and the main reason why is just because Wisconsin really emerged right as Indiana was kind of, you know, kind of going through some rough times with the end of the night era. And they've had so Wisconsin has had so much continuity during that time. It was the end of the, the Dick Bennett era, but that quickly became the Bo Ryan era. And Greg Gard, now the head coach, has been an assistant uh throughout Ryan's tenure and, and now the head coach and so they've just had so much continuity and, and look a lot like they've always looked throughout that that whole time and it's just been a real challenge for IU. Mike I want to talk more about Wisconsin and then some IU storylines so far this season here in just a moment but what is it about the Kohl Center for IU is it just Indiana that has struggled there is it a, we know that there are so many tough places to play in the Big Ten Conference, but is there something about the the setting, or has it just been that Wisconsin has had good teams? What, what's made this a drought going all the way back? I think you said to nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's 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 more about Indiana than than anything else. I mean, Indiana, as, as I mentioned, was at the tail end of the night era, and and I don't need to tell anyone that they haven't been quite right since. And so, so that's a big part of it. And Wisconsin's pretty much been a top five Big Ten team, say for a few exceptions, year in and year out since then. So the combination of those two factors is the key. I, I don't view the Cole Center as being one of the tougher road venues in the Big Ten. It's certainly a you know like almost all of them a, a tough place to go in and play. But I don't view it anything as like Mackey or like the Breslin Center. Or, or anything like that. So I don't think it's so much the environment, so to speak. I just think it's just the specifics of what's been going on with IU and, and Wisconsin over the, that span. 
All right, let's talk about Wisconsin, a very disciplined ball club. That's kind of their motto, and I think when you think of Wisconsin, regardless the season or the amount of success they're having or not having, you think of a very disciplined ball club. I got a chance to see the tail end of their game against rival Marquette over the weekend, and uh, they got a big win there and definitely came across to me in a very short viewing time as a, a disciplined Wisconsin team once again this year. Yeah, I mean, it's the same formula that, that's that been a constant since the Bo Ryan days. It's that they don't turn the ball over. They're 11th nat- nationally with the 13.8% turnover rate. So, so they're, they're going to get shots up almost every possession. And they get to the free throw line a lot. And like they've always done, they just got a group of guys that make free throws. They're at 79.5% from the stripe as a team. So those two factors alone make them very efficient offensively. And, you know, what I think is different about them this year, because I will be the first to admit, kind of looking at them preseason, I thought that they were going to drop off substantially. And it's still early in the season. We'll see what happens when, when they go through the gauntlet here. But, but um, you know, they, they lost a lot of players. There were some documented locker room issues. Um, and it just looked like they would struggle this year. But the, the difference has been the emergence of Johnny Davis, who's pretty much leading them in every category, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and he's just turned into a really dynamic player that's going to be interesting to see how Indiana goes about covering him because, in my opinion, Indiana's really good on the ball with their point guards. They're really good in the paint defending. Where they're a little suspect is kind of at those two two and three spots, and and that's where Davis is. So I, I don't know if you, you know, if you – how much you'll see of Parker Stewart or Miller Cop trying to take that assignment, or if it means you'll see more of Tamar Bates, who just kind of naturally seems like a better matchup for Davis, who's six five and can really score at all three levels. He's shooting forty percent from three, but it can also get to the rim. So it's going to be a tough cover for whoever tries to take it, and I suspect we'll see a lot of different guys try to take that on. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. I need to remind listeners the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or you want to sound off about something related to the IU basketball team, you can send your text now and download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Uh, Mike, should uh, IU fans be hopeful about IU's bench with the spark they provided in that uh, Nebraska game early on, uh, that that could be a a positive, a good component of this team moving forward this season? I I think so. I mean, if you had asked me after the Syracuse game, I would have told you maybe not so much. I mean, it was pretty, that was pretty stunning in and of itself last week, you know, how bad the bench played out in Syracuse and, and what a important factor they were against Nebraska. I mean, in my mind, that they, they really flipped the game on Saturday against Nebraska. I mean, taking a step back, big picture, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I've fallen victim to thinking this Indiana team over the last five years has had more depth than it really ultimately did. But, but I really do feel like, uh, you know, one through 10 or 11, th- this team does have a lot of depth. When you talk about bringing guys like Tamar Bates off the bench right now, uh, you know, the, the contributions you saw on Saturday from, from an Anthony Leal, who I think is going to earn his way to more minutes if he keeps providing sparks like that. You know, you got Trey Galloway, who's obviously been hurt, but is an important part of what they're trying to do. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that this bench, you know, ultimately is going to be a plus for the team, much more so than it has been over the last five years. 
Mike, who would you say to you in these first games? I think we've seen enough now to make some judgments about this team. Who's been the biggest surprise as far as an IU player so far this year? Maybe it's a, a good surprise or maybe it's a bad surprise. You know, it's it's hard to say that a guy that was preseason All-American is a surprise, but just the way Trace Jackson Davis has changed his game is a big surprise to me. I mean, he's averaging close to four blocks a game. He's, he's running the floor in a, in a way that he hasn't the last couple of years. So that that is a big surprise to me, just the extent to which he has just been such a physically dominant player. Um, I'm still waiting to see, you know, how he does against like the Kofi Coburns and the Zach Eady types. Cause the, you know, that's just a completely different aspect and, and he'll see a seven footer tomorrow in Crowley that that'll, you know, Trace has always struggled a little bit against length. So, so we'll see how it plays out, but, but he's definitely in that category of guys. And, and I would also say race Thompson, you know, it's funny with both trace and race, you know, we talk so much about, you know, their perimeter shots and, and things like that, but, but what they're really making a difference in so far. And, and I understand they haven't played the, the toughest schedule to this point, but there's just their physicality and, and some of it's just their age. I mean, I think race is 22 traces, 21. So these are, you know, veteran guys as it relates to the college game and just their physical dominance right now. I mean, race is putting up double digit rebound games almost every game. And uh, he's top 100 in a defensive rebounding rate. Uh, so, so those two guys, just their their ability to just physically dominate and also run the floor and be a little bit more versatile than, than what they've been in the past it has really stood out to me so far, probably above all else. Mike, we've had a chance here these last few days and a couple opportunities coming up to see more Big Ten basketball, and I call it the preview portion of the schedule. We'll get back into full-time Big Ten hoops once we get into early 2022 to start the new year. Uh, what what have you seen so far? Purdue number one in the country for the first time ever when the AP poll came out yesterday. Um, other than that, Michigan has been a bit of a disappointment early on. Uh, I think they were expected to be right there, maybe a top five type team, and that hasn't worked out so far this year for Coach Howard and the Wolverines. But what, what have you seen about the Big Ten uh, so far? And how important, kind of taking that question to another level, how important, I think I know the obvious answer, do you think these early games are uh, for IU, ex- uh, for example, to get not just a win but maybe two going into the full slate later in the year? Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Purdue. Uh, I think, you know, I know this is mostly an IU audience that doesn't want to hear it, but in my mind they're they're a clear top team in the league right now. I mean, I think while while others have – done enough to put some doubts in your mind. Purdue's done literally nothing to, to create any doubts and in fact have been much more dominant than, than I thought anyone thought they could be. I mean, I, I don't think it's terribly surprising that they're 8-0, but the way they've won those eight games, to me, has been very surprising. I just think they have such unique tools on their team with you know the size of Zach Eady and then having a Travion Williams coming off the bench, which is just crazy to think about. You know, Jaden Ivey, and for for my money, is the fastest guard in the league. I mean, I, I, he reminds me a lot of Victor Oladipo, just in the way that he can just break 
break down teams in the half court off the dribble and much the same as Victor. If he can develop a consistent three point shot, I mean, he's going to end up being a lottery pick with, with the way his career trajectory is going right now. So that they've, they've just got weapons everywhere in, in addition to great three point shooting. And, and so the, to me, they're the clear number one, the, the, the other teams, you know, they're, we, they're, they're kind of the teams at the top that we thought would be there, but they're not quite as impressive. You know, you talk about Illinois, Ohio State had a great win over Duke, but they've also tripped up some. Michigan's probably been more disappointing than, than many thought. I, I feel like Indiana's right there in that, that group below Purdue that, you know, so some of those teams are going to emerge. Wisconsin would be in that category, too. So some of those teams are going to emerge, but it's not clear who yet. I think it's going to be a really tight race, and obviously Purdue could trip up and things could change. It's a long, long way to March. A lot of things change. We've all learned that over time. But but it does feel like Purdue, and then maybe five or six teams below them that that could contend for you know a top four type finish. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. We're talking uh, IU basketball today. Obviously, IU goes to Wisconsin tomorrow. It goes without saying. What a big challenge that is, but also what a big opportunity uh, that is for IU. These early games, getting a couple wins, finding out about the conference, I, I like it. And I'm not sure what took the Big Ten Conference so long to match the ACC and others that did some of these early weekend or early series games in the conference. This has definitely been, I think, a big Big Ten change that's went over well. Uh, the early games and also the two additional games taking it to 22 uh, I like everything about it. Yeah, and, and I know we, we've talked about this before. Some people don't like the kind of the cupcake early non-conference schedule, but part of the reason why at least Indiana does it and some others do it is because you do have this December gauntlet where you've got things like the Big Ten ACC Challenge. you got the Crossroads Classic. you got two Big Ten games. So whatever cupcake schedule you had early quickly changes in, in December. And, and I would agree. I mean, it, it's a it's an – early test it's an early assessment of where you're at I, I think you know getting a road game at wisconsin the, winning the big 10 is always about winning on the road um and, and this is a game i would say that you know is winnable despite what what we opened with with the 24 year losing streak here it, it's completely winnable the, the teams that win these kind of games that almost feel like they're 50 50 type games are the teams that are going to take that step to, to challenge Purdue at the top. So it, it's a great opportunity for Indiana. You know, Mike Woodson said he wants to, to be perfect at home, but but they're going to have to win some games like this on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, we talk a lot about Coach Woodson, the differences between him and, and Archie Miller. Uh, we've talked a lot about assistant coaches with you as well, their roles in this program. I thought it was interesting last night on the Coach Woodson show, which airs here on the Big X most Mondays, uh, we heard about Brian Walsh, who's the recruiting coordinator for the team. I believe that's his chief duty to kind of coordinate all the recruiting activities uh, and the prospects for the program. Uh, a very in enterprising young man. He clearly has interest, he said, in being a head coach, as you would expect most assistant coaches and people that are getting in the game uh, to have. Uh, and we've heard high school coaches on this program mention him uh, as far as being a good conduit for uh, Coach Woodson and the coaching staff. He definitely seems like he plays a bigger role, much bigger than we probably understand behind the scenes for this program. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't even really need to know much about Brian Walsh beyond the fact that he was 
you know, on Archie's staff and, and was retained by IU to, to know how valuable he is viewed within the program because um, not many on the administrative side were retained, but, but he was clearly one. And, and he's just viewed as somebody that, you know, he, he's as he talked about last night, he, he is the guy that kind of creates relationships very early in the process. I can't tell you how many young guys, you know, freshmen, sophomore in high school, when I talk to them about IU and, and who they talk to and what their impressions are, they, they talk about, they call him Coach Walsh. And he's really influential in driving those early relationships. So, you know, case in point was Gabe Cops, who committed uh, a few weeks ago. Brian Walsh, I'd say, was the, the most important Indiana relationship in that whole process. I talked to him in May in Fort Wayne, and, and he talked to me about Coach Walsh. And that continued to be his primary point of contact through through the entire process. So, so people don't often know the names of, of guys like Brian Walsh or, you know, Benny Sander, who's the director of basketball operations, but, but those are very important guys and can also often be guys that, that play a key, if not a leading role in Indiana landing and other schools landing recruits. So, um, you know, based on everything I've heard about him and when I've talked to him, I, I get the impression that he will, in fact, be a guy that, that's an assistant, you know, at some level of college basketball here in the relative near future. All right, Mike. Uh, Mike Woodson, through uh, this point of the season, how do you think he's fitting in? Uh, he seems like, obviously, I mean, there's no question. I think he has a grasp of basketball at a at a very high level from his NBA days. But as a college coach, handling all the things that involve, are involved in college basketball, not just the X's and O's, for what we can tell as media, as fans, on the outside for the most part looking in, uh, what, what's your review of Coach Woodson so far and, and how is he fitting in? Yeah, I mean, I think the question about him was always going to be, you know, what kind of staff he put around him because, you know, as with anybody in any profession, you don't know what you don't know. There's a lot of nuance in the college game that he, that he couldn't have known. But the guys he put around him for, for all those details, you know, like a Dane Fife, like a Kenya Hunter, you know, Walsh and Sander and Thad Mata, I mean – going back to what I hear from recruits, just nonstop positive talk about, about the staff and not just coach Woods. And so I think he really hit it out of the park with putting a staff around him that could help him with the things he just couldn't have possibly known coming in. And then, you know, you go to on the court, what they're doing, you know, there's obviously issues there with, you know, a a much too high turnover rate as, as he would be the first to tell you, um, you know, I don't know at what point we stopped talking about, you know, kind of being a new team with new coach, new players kind of filling each other out. I, I think they got to work out those details. I think there's too many runs of, of play that, you know, are on the on the negative side, like the start of the Marshall game, like the start of the, the Nebraska game. Um, so they, they got to work those things out. But if you, you can spin that the other way and say they, they've not had a game where they had those bad runs and didn't respond to them too. So there, there's some level of indication that the, the team is responding to the coach. They're responding to, you know, flips in the game plan and, and staying focused. And so not, not a lot of negative stuff. I think you could say right now, I think he's adapted just fine. And then on the recruiting side, he's pretty much exceeded anyone's expectations. So there, there's not a lot to point to right now, but 
as you and I both know, you, you play games like tomorrow night, you start losing some of those and then the noise will, will grow. But right now it's all, all pretty good feels out there. All right, Mike, final quick question. I, I've got a couple people really on me uh, to talk a little bit more about the IU women's team, especially this year with the season that they are having. Uh, and of course the finish they had last year, I know they got a 30 point big 10 win over Penn state uh, to open the Big Ten play for for the women's side, uh, where where do you think? And I know you keep up with it uh, as well. Where do you think that they could be uh, set to to make a run in the Big Ten? Are they are they someone that could win a Big Ten championship? Are they a team that should be in the top few in that conference? It seems like uh, with what they've done and where they were projected when the season or before the season started, they're that type of team. Yeah, I, I think they are. I mean, I that's one things at Big Ten Media Day I ask coach Morin about because they kind of had this monkey on their back with Maryland that they haven't been able to to beat them here the last couple of years so it's it's not clear to me that they'll be able to get over that hump I'm a little concerned about their their lack of depth you know they're they're an injury or two away from from really you know missing some really important pieces and they don't go to their bench a lot but but at the same time you know they they've shown this year already that they can beat really good teams like Kentucky they can be right in the game against, you know, top 10 teams like Stanford and NC State. So there's no reason to think that they're not going to com- compete right at the top of the Big Ten. There, there's a, several good teams, including Maryland, including Michigan. So it's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, I, I would say they've got as good a shot as anyone to compete and win, win the Big Ten this year as long as they stay healthy. All right, Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read all about the IU Wisconsin game and much more at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can hear from Mike Tuesdays on our program. Mike, as always, thank you. Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier with us. And speaking of high school basketball, I know we went through some of the top local games this weekend uh, in the area, but the Form Tip-Off Classic, it is set for Southport High School uh, one of the historic gyms in our state, one of my favorite as well, right behind Seymour. Uh, no real local interest in that event this year. Games start at 1230 uh, in the afternoon, the last game 830 p.m. on Saturday night. But some great matchups from across the state and some uh, IU interest as well. I know Indianapolis Cathedral will take on a very good Covington Catholic team from northern Kentucky in the 645 game and the, the uh, event is just loaded with uh, great matchups. You can find out more uh, at Forum Tip-Off on Twitter, also their website. And I think you can buy tickets online this year for the event at Southport High School. If you can get away for a day, you just love basketball, uh, great venue, great place, lots of individual talent, lots of great coaches and teams. It's always one of the best days early on in Indiana high school basketball. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk IU football. Lots of news there with Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
MattWeaverPeaks.com, the football writer for the Peaks website, is with us here in place of Mike Pegram on this Tuesday because there are some football headlines to talk about, uh, some good and some not so good. Uh, Matt, I think we start with the IU quarterback position. Yesterday we found out that Michael Penix Jr. is entering the transfer portal. Uh, I'm not sure that was a huge surprise, but what was a surprise, at least to me, was that Josh Hoover, we just mentioned him yesterday on our program, a highly regarded uh, quarterback prospect from the state of Texas. Uh, he decommitted uh, to Indiana, from Indiana, and then uh, immediately went on to sign with TCU. Was that a surprise to you, and how does that affect the quarterback room potentially even as soon as next season for IU? Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise, but not totally taken aback by it. I mean, I hadn't really heard anything to make me think Josh was um, was wavering, but I do. But I also know that him and his family had a very, you know, a very tight bond with Nick Sheridan, and obviously, you know, um, with Nick Sheridan gone, um, his main connection to the program uh, was also gone. So, you know, Nick Sheridan was the guy who recruited him, and, and you know. That's who that's who he signed up to play for, and and obviously, you know, with the, with the change in offensive coordinator, he was going to have to start over. The new coaches at TCU recruited him when they were at SMU. Sonny Dykes and his staff, and SMU was uh, was a major uh, player for his uh, commitment. So, not surprised that when they went to TCU, um, right there in his in his um, you know where he's from down there in that kind of Fort Worth Dallas area, that <clears throat> that became. Um, a viable option for him and disappointing to lose him. Um, it's a bummer for Indiana, but, you know, got to go out and, and, you know, uh, you know, try to make a find a replacement or, or, you know, look in the portal for, uh, for a potential replacement. All right, uh, Matt, obviously the quarterback uh, position for next year, uh, concern about that. Where does IU look? Give us a rundown of the options here at this early point of the off season with Penix in the portal, Hoover not coming. Uh, the options are much more limited than what they were just a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, you're you're quite honestly. I mean, there's going to be there's there's going to be some quarterbacks who pop up in high school quarterbacks, but that's a position that and I've talked about this in the past. Those guys usually commit way earlier than other positions because most programs only take one, and if you don't jump on board when you have a chance to, you could be left out in the cold. You know, so I mean, it's it's rare to get a quarterback even in like June or July. So we're talking now. We're in December. A week, uh, a week tomorrow is uh, the early signing period. So, um, you know, they uh, it's it's a little bit late. Now, obviously, you got transfers and and you know portal quarterbacks. Those could be an option. I would I would guess they'll look that way, and you know maybe see if there's some high school guys. You know, some of these there's been so many coaching changes this off season that some of these quarterbacks are, are opening things back up, kind of like what Josh did and looking around. Um, so there, that, that may be an option too. The problem is, is just, there's no relationship. You're going to have to try to, you're going to have to try to manufacture a relationship in a matter of days when it usually something you do obviously over months and months and months. So that can make it a little bit difficult, but that's really kind of your options right now. If it was me, if I was in the end, I would not reach for a high school player um, because it can really mess up your scholarship situation for the next few years. If there's a if there's a transfer that's got like a year left, I would gamble on a guy like that because if it doesn't work out, you'll get rid of him after a year, you get the scholarship back. So I would be kind of picky if I was Indiana. You still have some guys in Tuttle and McCauley and Dexter Williams will be coming back. You know, Grant Grimmel showed a little bit at the end of the year. I mean it's not I'm gonna sit here and say it's a, a great situation, 
but I don't think it's a situation where you have to get really desperate and just start taking guys to take guys. All right, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com is my guest. The other big IU football topic that uh, we got to get your opinion on because uh, you're our go-to guy here on this show for IU football uh, is the hiring of Walt Bell, the new offensive coordinator for the Hoosiers. Um, I don't want to say mixed reviews, but there have been some interesting thoughts on him. You, you know the situation as well or better than anyone. Your thoughts on uh, Coach Bell's hiring to that position? Well, he was on my hot board, so he was a guy that I, I thought – made sense I, you know I didn't know when I did the hot board that he was going to be a candidate but he just made sense he's got experiences in OC um you know at three different places Arkansas State uh Maryland and obviously you know, it, it, so I guess he knows the Big Ten a little bit and then at Florida State and he's been a head coach and I think being a head coach was something that if he could find the right guy um Tom Allen was looking for that just because you know when you run a program you know that gives you a certain level of uh you know kind of experience that you know most coaches don't have. Now, obviously, it did not go well at UMass. So there's no way to sugarcoat it. But to me, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, some guys, um, some guys are better at coordinating off uh, one side of the ball, and they're not they're not as good at running an entire program. UMass has been a tough place to win. Now he he won less than a lot of other guys, but you know I don't hold that against him. I look more at what he did as a coordinator. It's, it's you know it's been kind of a mixed bag. He, he he plays with tempo, which I think is good. I think that's something that Indiana needs to start doing more of. Um, you know kind of like what Kevin Wilson did when he was at OC. I think that helps your O-line. I think it puts pressure on the defense, and it helps kind of, you know, mitigate the talent disadvantage you have against some teams. So I hope, you know, I like that he plays tempo. It looks like he's more of a run-based guy. So I think this could be good news for Adonis McCauley, Dexter Williams, you know, dual-threat quarterbacks who can run and throw. This could be something that could be a good fit for them. So, you know, we'll see We'll see how it goes. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk to him, and I actually haven't officially announced it, but obviously, it's, you know, we've been told it's done. So just waiting for that official word and getting a chance to, to uh, sit down with him and ask him some questions. Talking with Matt Weaver of Peaks.com. Matt, recruiting this offseason, whether it be high school prospects or the transfer portal, uh, does I use lack of success and some of this uh, – uh, uneasiness maybe affect that and uh, as you look at the portal this year I know we're still very early but does it appear to be what we all think that uh, this could be another record-setting year for uh, players entering the transfer portal yeah I don't know what the top number is but there's guys going in every day I mean it's <laughs> there are guys jumping in like crazy so I don't know what the record is but um, they're going to have a lot of a lot of uh, players in the transfer portal this year Indiana's so far, it has been pretty successful. This past weekend, they, they picked up four commitments from transfers, a couple D linemen from Old Miss, a linebacker from Miami, and, and a wide receiver from North Carolina. And, you know, I think they're close to maybe getting, you know, a couple more guys, um, not just in the portal, but maybe some high school guys that could be pulling the trigger soon. So recruiting really is actually going pretty well. I mean, obviously losing Josh Hoover hurt, but so far the class has stayed intact, and, you know, they're, they're in on some good players. And, and obviously it was a bad year, but, you know, to me – Portal guys are looking more for playing time than they are maybe so much of tradition or, you know, stuff like that. If you have one year left, you want to go somewhere and play. That's your end game. You want to try to play as much as you can if you have any hopes of playing at the next level. And so in Indiana offers is an appealing option, just like last year Michigan State was an appealing option and other schools are appealing options because there's going to be a lot of competition, open competition, a lot of spots and snaps up for grabs. And if you're a, one, a guy with one or two years and you're looking to, to uh, make that mark before the, you, you know, try to the NFL, a school like Indiana could be very appealing. 
MattWeaverPigs.com. You can read his work at Pigs.com. You can follow him at MB underscore Weaver on Twitter. Matt, as always, thanks for being our voice for IU football on the show. I know as the offseason moves along, we'll have more conversations. Okay, guys. Take care. Have a good week. All right, Matt Weaver, Pigs.com. And that wraps up a Tuesday edition of our program. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Don't forget to check us out as a podcast. If you miss the live shows, you can find us really wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Have a great day. Talk with you tomorrow.